everybody, it's Matt. Welcome or welcome back to the Journey Church Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you automatically get our weekly episodes. And you might want to subscribe to our Journey Callaway YouTube channel as well. You'll find messages, music, interviews, inspiring stories, and more for you right there. Do you ever find yourself making irrational decisions? You know, doing things that really don't make a lot of sense, doing things that are the exact opposite of what you want to do. You want to be nice to your family, but the next thing you know, you're having this level 10 response to a level one problem, and you're yelling about something that's really pretty small. Or maybe you decide you're going to get a handle on your money and start saving, and then about two hours later, there you go spending again, buying things you don't need with money you don't have. Or maybe you leave church inspired to trust God more with that problem in your life. But by the end of the night, you can't sleep because you're worrying so much about it again. Why do we do that? What makes us act so irrationally and inconsistently at times? Well, let's talk about it in this episode of Mastermind. Most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind because your life always moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts and science has confirmed for us this is true. Your brain has neural pathways that are formed by the thoughts that you think. They're like roads or paths that run through your brain so the more you think a thought the clearer and the smoother that road or that path becomes and the easier it is to start thinking that thought again and then again and then again. Now that's great news if your strongest thoughts are based on the truth of what God says about you. But when you let a lie become the strongest thought in your brain, what becomes a stronghold or it becomes a prison that is nearly impossible to escape on your own. Matter of fact, over time, you just come to assume something that isn't true actually is. So I thought we'd start today with a little mental audit, okay? This is just a simple thought assessment to help you and me figure out what are the strongest thoughts that are dominating our minds and and directing our thoughts. So you ready? This is going to be pretty simple. I'm going to give you a scale. Here's the first scale. Would you say that your mind is most often consumed by worry or by peace? Where do you fall on that scale? I mean, throughout the day, are more of your thoughts filled with anxiety and stress and fear and worry? Or are they filled with a sense of peace because you've trusted God with whatever concerns you? Think about what comes out of your mouth during the day. Are you worried about your health and your kids and the economy and the direction of our nation? Do you find yourself talking about and thinking about all that stuff that's working you up? Or do you think more about the truths that God's with you and he's in control? Put yourself somewhere on that sliding scale, okay? Now let me give you another one. Would you say your thoughts are more negative or positive? Do you find yourself complaining a lot, assuming things aren't going to work out for you, just expecting the worst to happen? Do you assume the worst more than you expect the best? Do you wake up expecting it to be a bad day? It's like, oh, I'm so busy. They're going to be so hard to work with. I wish I didn't have to go work. You know, I got to do this. Or do you have an attitude of, okay, I get to do this. God's with me. He's got a plan for today. He's going to be at work in and around me. I mean, which way do you drift? So put yourself somewhere on that scale. Where do you fall? And then one more category. Are your thoughts more about what's temporary or what's eternal, what's immediate, or what's long-lasting. Now, this one will really impact your mindset and your perspective. 
Do you think more about what you have, what you want, what you don't have, but you wish you had? Do you think more about what you wear, what you're going to wear, what you look like, what other people are thinking about you? Or do you think more about things that are bigger than and beyond yourself? About the purpose God has for you, about the life he's given you, the gifts, the resources that he's entrusted for you to manage and invest in something that's going to outlive you. Just figure out where you think you'd land on that scale. And then as you evaluate those three scales, pay attention because your life, again, always moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So if you find yourself on the wrong end of the scale, well, you may have some strongholds that need to be destroyed. You may have some paths in your brain that need to be rerouted. But the good news is you can do that. You can do it with God's help. We learned in the last episode that Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote so much of our New Testament in the first century, he said you need the truth of God and you need God's power to demolish those strongholds, to, to get rid of the lies. The only way to defeat them is to replace them with truth because the truth will set you free. That, that's why Jesus has to be the key because he holds the key to the truth. So if that's true, then that brings up the question, well, why do those of us who follow Jesus still make so many irrational decisions? Why do we still struggle with doing what we don't want to do and not doing what we promise we'll do? Why do we find ourselves more negative than positive? Why do we find ourselves thinking about the temporary instead of the eternal? Well, because sometimes we don't feel free even when we can be. Uh, let me see if I can explain it this way. Um, I'll have to tell a little embarrassing story on myself that happened to me just a few months ago. So one afternoon at work, I'm meeting with our church's CPA and accountant team we're at their office. They've got this glass-walled conference room there at their office. So we're sitting there, and you can see out. You know, we get done with all of our work. When the meeting's over, I go to leave, and the door is shut. And there is no handle, door handle there. There's no handle on the door at all. So you can see the mechanism, right? So I try to turn the mechanism without the handle. It doesn't work. Matter of fact, I realize the mechanism is locked. So I'm looking at this for a minute, trying to figure this out, and I realize I can't get out of this room. So I look back at the accountants who still have their head in spreadsheets, right? I'm like, hey, sorry to bother you, but I think we're locked in here. Is there a trick to this? What do we need to do? So one of the accountants calls someone else in their office and says, hey, we're locked in. Can you come get us out? And this 20-year-old guy walks up. Now, remember, this is a glass-walled room, right? So I can see him. He can see me. And I watch as he walks up to the door. He puts his finger on the door, and he very gently pushes it open. And then he looks at me like, you are such an idiot. And I looked down, and I was an idiot, because they had taped the door frame so that the lock, the mechanism, couldn't latch. So I'm standing there simply because I can't turn the door mechanism. I think I'm locked in when all the time the door's unlocked. All I would have had to done was pull on it. Now, the reason I tell you that is because that's kind of what some of us are doing in life, isn't it? Some of you are not living the life God's called you to live. You are stuck in a rut that won't seem to give because you have believed that you're locked in a room, that you're locked into a life, that some thoughts are real <laughs> that are not really real. The room's not really locked. In other words, you believe the lie that things are never going to change when the reality is they can change and you can change. But to do that, you've got to replace every false thought in your mind with the truth. Because again, your life always moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. What's in your mind always comes out in your life. 
It's impossible for you to have a positive life with a negative mind. You can't do that. So if you don't control what you think, you will never control what you do. Now, during this series, we're discovering some tools that we can build on to change our thinking because when we change our thinking, we change our life. If you want to gain some ground in this area, if this is something you feel like you need to dig into, I've got two resources to recommend. One is Craig Groeschel's latest book, Winning the War in Your Mind. It'll be worth you grabbing a copy. You can find it wherever books are sold. And the other is to pay attention to the writings of someone else, the Apostle Paul. Because like us, he struggled with transforming his thoughts and changing his mind. And what he learned is we all have to train our minds. That you have to train your mind, I have to learn to train mine. Now, I don't know if you've ever given much thought to this. Some of you have given a lot of time to training your dog. Some of you have been trained by your dog, but that's another story for another day. Some of you have given a lot of time to training your body, but training your mind, we don't think about that a lot. And yet training your mind really is a lot like training your body. You have to focus on what you do with it, first of all, but you also have to focus on what you put into it. When you're training your body, your diet, your food, what you put into it's just as important as your exercise, isn't it? Well, the same thing's true with your mind. So when I was a kid, um, my mom would talk to us about what we put in our minds, and she would use this term that I think was an old computer programming term. She would say, garbage in, garbage out. That's what she always wanted us to remember with our minds. Garbage in, garbage out. You put garbage in your mind, you're going to get garbage out of your life. And apparently she got that from the Apostle Paul. So he's writing in the first century. Uh, he writes this letter to a group of followers of Jesus living in the city of Philippi, and he addresses this, but part of what lends so much credibility to what I'm about to share with you is that he wrote this statement while he was sitting in Roman custody under house arrest awaiting possible execution. So keep that in mind as the context for this advice that he gave us. He writes this. He says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, Paul is in a situation where he has every reason to fixate on worst-case scenarios. He's got every reason to be depressed. He's got every reason to think about, you know, God, where are you? Why are you letting this happen to me? Why would you let me get, be arrested? I mean, it would be easy to focus on what he's afraid of and what could go wrong. But Paul isn't doing that, and so he gives his readers the advice that he's practicing while he's under house arrest. He has learned how to train his mind and focus on the truth. So he says, fix your thoughts. You get to control and redirect your thoughts and focus them on the positive, on the right thing. Which means if you want to tear down the mental strongholds that the lies have built in your brain, you're going to have to develop the skill of fixing and focusing your mind on the truth too. And I say develop the skill because, listen, your mind will never drift towards what's good and true. Your mind will never drift towards the positive. When your mind starts to drift, what's it drift towards? Well, yeah, the negative, the lies, the worst-case scenarios, it drifts towards disaster. So you have to train your mind to focus on truth. All right, so let me give you two exercises to help you train your mind, two things you can start doing right now. And I'll be honest, neither one of these are going to be easy, and they're not going to produce fast results, which makes it hard for us to stick with it. But if you're looking for a quick fix, I'm just telling you, you're in the wrong place. The longer you've had negative false thought patterns in your mind, well, the longer it's going to take to transform them. But if you'll stick with it, if you'll work hard, and if you'll ask God to help, 
they can change. So the first exercise is this. Just start guarding what goes into your mind. Guard what goes in your mind. You have a lot of control over what you allow in your mind, but most of us don't pay any attention to it. So what I want to encourage you to do this week is to do an audit of what you are thinking about and to do an audit of what you hear and see and read. In other words, do an audit, pay attention to what you're letting in your mind. And then if you find that you're around people who are reinforcing some lies that you're believing, then stop being around those people. Stop listening to those people. If you find you're watching things or reading things or listening to things that are filling your mind with lies or negativity, well, just stop doing it. For example, if you follow people on social media who trigger you to compare, who cause you to feel insecure or inadequate, well, just stop following those people on social media. It doesn't mean they're bad people, but what they're doing is creating a problem for you in your mind, so just stop following them. Don't let anything in your mind that's going to reinforce what's not true about you. Instead, be intentional to fill your mind with things that are positive and true and right and good. Make a point to read things, to listen to things, to surround yourself with people every day who are going to help you fix your focus on the truth. Like my mom said, garbage in, garbage out. It's good in, you get good out. Now the second exercise I want to encourage you to try is this. Be proactive about battling lies with truth. Don't be on the defensive. Don't wait until you recognize some lie to try and go find the truth. Just go on the offensive. Here's what I mean by that. What if for the next week you decide to wake up every day and start your day by thinking about the truth of what God says about you? So you can pick one of those truths, but if you struggle with insecurity, what if you start every day reading the truth that God loves you unconditionally and he accepts you just the way you are? that you're fearfully and wonderfully made by him? What if you start every day thinking about that? Let's say you struggle with being content. What if you started every day this week reminding yourself, oh, wait a minute, I've been blessed by God. I've been given more than I deserve. What if you reminded yourself, wait a minute, the quality of my life doesn't consist in the abundance of my possessions. Let's say you struggle with being uh, happy at your job. You're just not happy right now. Well, what if every day this week and still waking up and going, it's going to be another bad day, I've got to go to work? No, no, no. What if you started your day by thinking about the fact that work actually is a gift from God, that you are where you are for a reason, that there's a purpose to the place you're at, and you don't have to go to work, you get to go to work, and you get to find God at work at your work. Just write down the truth, read it every day, believe that it's true, and then trust God to help you change. Because He wants nothing more than to transform you by the renewing of your mind and you change your thinking you change your life and he's there to help hey if you'd like more content like this subscribe to our youtube channel and download our journey calway app to access all of our recent message content and our app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend for more information on our church be sure to visit journeycalway.com that's journeycalway.com thanks for listening